up, y'all? This is Legends. I'm Sam. I'm Amy. And we are a podcast about cryptids, urban legends, and the paranormal. Well, guess what we forgot? What? Last episode, the Paron family, number 26, was our half year of episodes. Oh my gosh, we're infants. <laughs> we're six months old. We've spent, you know, honestly, I think we've probably spent a year, including in the making. Yeah, almost. I think we started talking about it around like uh, maybe September. I know that we started like doing stuff about it in October. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, been fun i feel like we've gotten a lot better i think so i mean i hope so we just talk <laughs> i know but i was so scared true true when we first started recording 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 i i don't know even though it's just me and you in here i'm like oh my god everybody <laughs> can hear me but we are not better at pronouncing things i don't think i'll ever get better at that (laughs) or saying the right words i'm still i'm still keeping up with uh preface and preface (laughs) i haven't yeah i see you very begrudgingly say preface (laughs) preface preface this uh i try no you do a decent decent job yeah, and uh, trying to tone it down on the swearing, but I am a sailor at heart, and it's hard for me. <laughs> Literally, it's very hard. Yeah, especially since like you haven't been in a work environment for two <laughs> years. Hell yeah, I can swear into my room all I want to. I can get the the work workness in the in that mode. Because I, I only have haven't been for two weeks. <laughs> I only have slovenly uh, mother mode uh, and hobo. Man. It's just, it, they're just words. Yeah, they're words that I like to say often. <laughs> <laughs> like very often. Um, also, like we're getting better, like, because I feel we get into slap happy moods which we still do where things gonna go crazy but i feel like we're more on track i don't know (laughs) for all i know it's still our husbands listening to us no it's not matt oh well (laughs) my husband (laughs) yeah he listened to the first seven but he has to do it when he's like just laying in bed or something because he wants to hear it but if he's driving or something he cannot like focus and he'll go off in la la land oh see that's when mormon listens on his drives home from work i mean matt drives all day at work i don't see how he couldn't just like put one on but whatever (laughs) music (laughs) is what keeps him awake he says so I get that too. I actually know a lot of people like that who have to listen to music. I prefer listening to podcasts or audiobooks when I'm driving, but most people I know they listen to music. They couldn't listen to a podcast or an audiobook. It's all about what mood I'm in. And I only listen to three podcasts anyway. Hours. Uh, Hours. The scrubs, <laughs> the scrubs one. <laughs> And now the new girl one, uh, because I'm obsessed with shows and characters and shows. Uh, I listen to lots of true crime podcasts. I do, but unpopular opinion, but my favorite murder just got really too talky for me. (laughs) And then I love morbid. Like, I love them. I just can't constantly listen to them for some reason so i listen to them like when we're working outside or something i'll turn one on every now and then you know karen kilgariff is my idol right i do but 
Uh, I don't know. I told you when we went into this thing that I hate when you're listening to a podcast about a certain thing and then they spend 30 minutes talking about something else. See, our chats, we keep it like five minutes or so. So that's fine. Well, since we're done talking too much, uh, would you like to get into our story today? Yeah. All right. So today I bring for you the story of Cahaba, Alabama. What do you think the story is behind this place? I have no idea. It's Cahaba? Uh-huh. Okay. Or at least that's what it said in a video I tried to watch. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. Well, it's Alabama's most famous ghost town, meaning that it has few or no remaining inhabitants. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. It was uh, actually unincorporated in 1989, so it's empty. I think there might be a caretaker that hangs out to like keep up the cemetery and all that stuff. Are there buildings? Or it's just... We'll get to that. Okay. I think... <laughs> I can answer it later, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So this town has a bit of a roller coaster in its history for its population. It never was very stable. Cahaba was the first capital of Alabama, established in 1819. President Monroe appointed William Wyatt Bibb as governor for the new territory called Alabama. <laughs> I don't know why Bibb is funny. I don't know either. <laughs> I, I just like his whole name, William Wyatt Bibb. I don't like him though. Oh. <laughs> uh, he was officially elected in November the same year that he was appointed. I don't understand the difference. I don't either. He was appointed temporarily until he was actually elected. Yeah, maybe they had like a vote and they were like, now nah, we'll keep you. I don't know. <laughs> well, Governor Bibb had high hopes for the new capital, and he wanted to make it the hub of government for Alabama. Okay. He, he's actually credited with finding the remains of an old Native American village. He wanted to incorporate their mounds uh, to the town's centerpiece and place the state building right on top of one. That is disrespectful as fuck. And he wanted the old moat that surrounded that mound to be like the edge of the grounds for the state house. To me, mm -hmm. that idea is disgusting yep. and disrespectful, like you said. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it was kind of like a big middle finger to Native Americans. <laughs> you know, there was like a lot of oppression going on then, land stealing. And it was only a decade before the Indian Removal Act was signed into uh, law by that wonderful Andrew Jackson that we celebrate on the $20 bill. Mm. Also, it would have blocked any further excavation and research into the site. So we would never know if it is indeed the lost city of Mabilla, Mabilla, something like that. <laughs> Which we'll talk about later. <laughs> That's seriously so fucked. <laughs> yeah, he's a fabulous guy. Luckily, I don't like him either. <laughs> luckily, he never got his way. Unluckily, it was because he died less than a year into his term. Yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> his brother took over and he had different plans. The state building ended up uh, getting built on an adjacent lot, not on a mount. Was he trying to be respectful or did he just think it looks prettier over here? It kind of sounded like he was trying to be like, oh my gosh, we should incorporate these into our town because it's awesome and ancient and we're going to be ancient and awesome one day. But hmm. at the same time, it just doesn't sound like he thought everything through. But I don't know. I didn't know him. <laughs> I didn't know him. <laughs> So the town of Cahaba didn't last long as the capital, though. They said that because of the low evol evolution, 
Sounds like it. The low elevation that brought on flooding uh, and possibilities of health concerns could no longer, they could no longer keep the capital there. They were very concerned. Sad. I was wondering why the first capital of Alabama was not uh, populated. Dude, they had like five capitals. Oh, (laughs) is that a Uh, common thing? I don't know. I haven't looked into other states. Um, but it was moved to Tuscaloosa in 1826. Then I saw mention of a couple of others, and then it was finally in its permanent home of Montgomery in 1846, in case you were wondering. Thank you. (laughs) Within weeks of moving the capital, businesses and families were out of there. The town was nearly fully abandoned, but it soon bounced back. Why? Luckily, (laughs) it was in a great position by the Cahaba River and the Alabama River, like right where they met. Uh, So they could take in like steamboats and everything that were filled with cotton. Oh, okay. Distribute them. Then it got even better for them. In 1859, they added a railroad. And that really got the town booming. Mm-hmm. They went from almost no one to about 3,000 residents, which was a lot back then, you know. Oh, okay. However, again, their growth was very short-lived. <laughs> <laughs> the Civil War happened. And they were taken advantage of, like most uh, southern cities and such. The Confederate Army seized the irons from their brand new sparkly railroad and used it on a railroad they thought was more important. That's rude. (laughs) Then, if that wasn't enough, they took over a brand new warehouse that never even got to be used as a warehouse and set up a lice-infested prison for Union soldiers and supporters. I would riot if I were them. (laughs) That's not fair. It's not fair. After the war in 1866, the county seat, which was still residing in that town, uh, was moved to the town of Selma, a little north of them. They said that it was because of a huge flood that had happened in 1865, but records actually show that 1865 was a drought year for that area. So I don't know so how that. <laughs> they just... They're like, we just want to get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah. whatever, it's flooding. It, it doesn't seem like a good spot. <laughs> I can't make up a logical reason why I'm leaving. So, <laughs> I mean, they could have just said the railroad's no longer there. So the town is dead. But whatever. Blame it on a fake flood. <laughs> Unfortunately, with the moving of the county seat, once again, businesses and family followed. And once again, the town was virtually empty. During Reconstruction, however, many newly emancipated. Is that how you say that? Emancipated? Emancipated. Whoa. (laughs) Emancipated. (laughs) You know, you read these words, but then when you actually say them, your mouth just doesn't do the words right. They don't cooperate. No, I can say it in my head, though. But those people came to the town. The courthouse became a meeting place for a freedom-seeking new political power that became known as Mecca of the Radical Republican Party. They estimate about 70 former slave families had settled in the town. They turned vacant lots into fields for food and using the few remaining buildings for schools and other necessary items like shops and houses. Mm. (laughs) Unfortunately, again, this upward momentum was eventually stopped, and the families just started leaving. They had no reason. They just wanted to leave. (laughs) Oh, I was like, (laughs) why? They're just, eh, it's boring down here. No, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) By the 1900s, the town was empty again. Most buildings had burned, fallen down, or been dismantled. Uh, I had seen a few people had tried to buy property and 
do like farming there but as patterns go they too left uh by the 1930s there were very few structures left and no residents at all and then as i told you before the town was unincorporated in 1989 i don't know why it took them so long but it did so they're right next to the river obviously because they were having the cotton you know come by steamboat or whatever you would usually places by the water thrive not this one interesting to me there's a curse not really not really i i googled and googled and googled to see because you know the native american thing and there was one article that was like there's a native american curse but it didn't like thinking they built shit on top of a Native <laughs> American burial yeah. ground. I don't know. It's just a, a sad, lonely place. But we got more to talk about. Don't worry. More stuff happens there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what has become of the ghost town now? Hmm? What, guesses? what, what, what? It's, it's- abandoned. <laughs> I mean, no one lives there. it's an archaeological interpretive park they are called the old cahaba archaeological park and on their sign in the town has their name and then authentic history cloaked in mystery under it and i don't know oh i just like that yeah Yeah. (laughs) the ocap as i'll call them because i'm not saying all of those words again hosts a haunted history every year in October where it is the only time of year visitors are allowed after dark. They share ghost stories with their guests while providing historical research to verify characters and circumstances. They also invite them to do paranormal investigations and they take a tour around the town with archaeologists as their guides. So when are we going? I know it sounds really fun. It does. I don't really know if I want to go to Alabama, but <laughs> <laughs> so there has been some excavation in old Cahaba, but not much. According to Cahaba.com, it seems like they're trying to keep most of it still buried because they believe the placement of everything is very important and they don't want to disturb anything until technology has advanced enough to be sure everything can be documented and preserved properly for future generations. I could see that. I think that's good logic. Yeah. Except uh, I watch Josh Gates go play with archaeological equipment all the time. And it's pretty freaking advanced now. <laughs> <laughs> like it's advanced. They can show you what's under the earth without ever digging anything. Awesome. Yeah. So what is it that they want to make sure is preserved so well? The lost city of Mabila. That's how I'm going to say it. Okay. Mabila was a village created by the Mississippian Native Americans. It is said to be home of the bloodiest battle on American soil until the Battle of Shiloh one-upped them 332 years later. Damn. In 1540, Spanish explorer Hernando de Soto supposedly came to this village looking for resources for his trip. What happened instead was an all-out battle. One document suggests 11,000 people lost their lives that day. Holy mackerel. But they probably exaggerated a wee bit. Actual figures think that around 82 Spaniards and four to 5,000 Native Americans had perished. I thought you were going to say four or five Native Americans. <laughs> and I no, was no. like, 82? And four and five is not. No, I mean, 82 and four or 5,000 still is an 11,000, but it's still way too many lives than should have. Yeah, I mean, four lives is way too many lives, but still like the bloodiest battle in history, you know. Other than Shiloh. Gotta make sure Shiloh Shiloh has, keeps its title. 
we we don't want it to lose its title. It's horrible, <laughs> awful title. Yep. <laughs> the location of Mabilla has been lost. Many debate whether it is somewhere in Clark County or in Dallas County where Cahaba is. Linda Derry of the Alabama Historical Commission has this to say about it. It is the absolute truth that there is no one place in Alabama people can go and say, DeSoto was here. There was a huge Indian village under Cahaba that seems to have disappeared in 1540. Its name continues to be unknown, but its disappearance is confirmed. Until we can solve such mysteries, armchair historians will have their way. But one small find, and just like that, the pieces would fall together. Hmm. So I really hope technology gets to a point they're comfortable with soon, because I want to know. Yeah, same, I do. So I want to know, because it's a huge tragedy, and it seems like tragedies are kind of attracted to the place. I mean, there's not like a billion, but I got two more to tell you about. So (laughs) okay, I'm strapped in. (laughs) So, I mean, this one's not really a tragedy, especially not by today's standards. Uh, But it's important. It's snarky too. I love snarky. On May 23rd, on May 23rd, 1856, we have an old-fashioned Wild West shootout that occurred between J.R. Bell and his two sons. Oh. Yeah. They were shooting at each other? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Never mind. And a few members of their extended family, so still family. Shouldn't have interrupted. (laughs) Willie Bird. Willie Bird. Willie Bird, you get back here right now. He is his middle initial. (laughs) So that's really fun. Evil parents. Uh, Matthew Troy and I think that's supposed to be Thomas Hunter, but it auto-corrected to those Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) You don't even get a name. You're just called those. Those. That over there. That person, the thing. Uh, They had been having some sort of argument and the next thing you know they are out in the middle of the street doing a shootout J.R. Bell and one of his sons John were killed as most of the town watched while hiding behind their shutters that sucks the shooters however so those Matthew and Willie (laughs) (laughs) they were acquitted and the Bell family was furious um yes i mean because everyone saw what happened (laughs) there's lots of witnesses they retaliated in a non-violent way by leaving passive aggressive aggressive (laughs) epitaph on john's grave it read no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him (laughs) i feel like leaving something snotty like that would be something i would do uh, I always have to have the last word and what better way than to actually carve it out. <laughs> <laughs> Every time someone looks at you yep. or not you, hopefully, but your headstone. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I'll be on writing. <laughs> that would be so funny. Just, you know what they could put? Just no. That way, if someone no. like, says something, I'm just like, no. <laughs> no. Yep. That's going to be the future, except that's going to be really hard to put on my firework. Oh, oh, I forgot about that. I was like, wait a second, your firework. Now, this next tragedy didn't actually happen really anywhere near Cahaba, but it is connected. Okay. So remember how I mentioned during the Civil War, the Confederates made the prison to hold Mm -hmm. the Union soldiers and all that? Yes. Well... Long story short, it was a disaster. Conditions were awful for the prisoners. Like I mentioned, there was a lice infestation. There wasn't enough food. It was very unsanitary. But miraculously, the death rate was less than 2%. 
out of the 3,000 soldiers that stayed there, around 143 to 147 inmates died. That's awesome. That's insane. Yeah. So, oh, also, I read something, but it was after I had written this paragraph. But there was also a flood. <laughs> oh, so a real one this a time. A real one that flooded, like, a foot into the prison and so like on top of everything else they had to wait in water for a while gross yeah. can you imagine being lice infested itchy as fuck probably dirty as fuck and then wet Ugh. i know no i don't want to that sounds awful Ugh. after the war the prisoners were freed and 2300 of them hitched a ride on a steamboat called sultana Along with the 2,300 passengers, the steamboat was also carrying 1,000 bushels of fuel. This particular... Bushels. Yeah, they're containers. <laughs> <laughs> like barrels, kind of. Uh, this particular steamboat was only rated for 376 passengers. Okay. Yeah, it's a little, a little overloaded, right? Uh-oh. <laughs> so at one of its stops the vessel actually capsized when hundreds of the men rushed to one side of the boat for a picture <laughs> oh no but it's all good they they got it fixed everything was great they kept going so what happened next the ride was cut short at 2 a.m one of their boilers exploded. Oh my god. Shortly after, two others exploded. And a lot of people died. Oh my goodness. They died from the explosion and they died from drowning. So, oh, drowning. 520 were able to make it to a hospital though. Uh, but 200 of those still ended up dying from injuries they sustained. Oh, so sad. Yeah. So 320 ish people made it out of 2,300. Oh my goodness. It's Alabama's Titanic. Yeah. It's uh, actually like one of the worst maritime disasters on in the U.S. So that sounds horrible records that everybody gets records today <laughs> you get a medal <laughs> you get a medal <laughs> uh so that was number two uh no that was number three. Oh, <laughs> because i the, was just gonna agree with you <laughs> the mobilas the yes. mobilan village if that is in that location we don't know <laughs> <laughs> So we have one of the bloodiest battles on American soil. We have family murder and we have one of the biggest maritime tragedies in the U.S. history linked to this little ghost town. That's very sad. All that energy has to go somewhere, right? It certainly does. Well, let's talk about some haunting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so honestly... <laughs> I'm disappointed in what I could find. Oh, I had seen this place listed as the most haunted ghost town or the most haunted places in Alabama, but I could not find any personal experiences. I get that because that's what happened to me with the cathedral. Uh-huh. That's what popped in my head while I was doing it. There are gobs of videos pe of people touring the town but no one investigating it. There was one thing I found on Reddit and it's going to be the last thing we talk about because it's it's something. Okay. Uh, but no eyewitness accounts unless you count the Reddit thing. What really drives me crazy about the haunted history thing that they throw each year is why has no one recorded their experience there? Because it's a conspiracy. Why hasn't the invited paranormal researchers not posted videos? I would be on that. 
why has Zach Baggins not been there? <laughs> it's not creepy enough for him. He can't go there and throw a hissy fit. <laughs> so anyway, this is what I did find. Many groundskeepers do report hearing voices around the new Cahaba Cemetery, but there was no added information there. <laughs> there is also a house called the Barker House. It was owned by the Kirkpatrick family. It burned down in 1930s and only the slave quarters remain. One year, there was a kid, Herbert, staying with his grandfather for the summer. Weird. They- what last week there was a herbert also oh yeah that is weird it's not a normal name Mm -mm. i mean it might have been a while back then (laughs) so he was staying with his grandfather for the summer they say that they were members of the kirkpatrick family but it's unclear of the timeline so i don't know if they were like before it burned down or if they were like staying close by in a neighboring town, they don't go into detail. Okay. So the story is that the kid would walk around the town by himself. And then he would come home with stories of some guy named Gat that would keep watch over him while he was playing in the streets and such. Gat. Gat. Uh, in one article I saw, they referred to him as Gat the Gentleman. The Great Gatsby? <laughs> Maybe. That would have <laughs> been before the house burnt down. <laughs> <laughs> His brother freaked out on him because the only person in the town that had ever been named Gat, because it is a weird name, mm-hmm. had died before Herbert was ever even born. Oh, man. So, like, how does he know a gat? It is also said that the Barker house, well, the slave quarters, because the actual house burned down, is reported to be super haunted. And during the haunted history that the OCAP throws in October, the paranormal investigators stick to this building. They don't let anybody in the building except for paranormal investigators. Hmm. so i don't know but they talk like it happens all the time but there's no freaking videos anywhere (laughs) that is really interesting and frustrating no blog posts either well there was one blog post that i saw of someone that actually went to the haunted history but she didn't really Like, she said what they did, but she didn't go into any of the stories. But she did get to, like, go in and watch the paranormal investigators, but she didn't say if anything happened. Uh, That's the best part. (laughs) Uh, That's what I'm saying. So there is an occurrence that's called, I'm going to murder this. Pegasus ghost, not not Pegasus. Not I was gonna, just gonna say that, <laughs> not Hercules's <laughs> best friend, <laughs> but Pegasus. It's P E G U E S, and then the plural part for ghost. So I don't. I don't you said P E G U S, U E S. No, but I I heard someone call him Pegasus. So that's there you what go. Stick to what we know, what exactly. we hear. It'll probably just turn into Pegasus. <laughs> <laughs> the main version of this story was told in a book called 13 Alabama Ghosts and Jeffrey, published and in <laughs> Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah. It's... And Jeffrey. I didn't read the book, so I don't know who Jeffrey is, <laughs> but uh, I was a little thrown off by that part. But it was published in 1969 by Catherine Tucker Wyndham. Her version has a couple out walking in a full moon in spring of 1862. They were walking in a maze of cedar trees when they get to the path that leads to the middle. Suddenly, 
they see a large white glowing ball floating a few feet in front of them. Hmm. It appears to be hovering off of the ground, too. Suddenly, the ball starts playing yo-yo with them and just flies up one side of the path towards them and then back down the other side. Every now and then, it disappears into the trees just to reappear pretty close by to them. One of the times it heads their way, the guy tries to reach out and touch it. Never. Keep your hands to yourself. (laughs) Exactly. Consent, people. Yes. (laughs) Apparently, the orb isn't really fond of this idea, and it leaves and doesn't come back this time. There have been other reports of people seeing this orb as well. No one knows exactly what it is but people like to call it a will-o'-wisp or a jack-o'-lantern i so will-o'-wisp i was gonna say what is it like a forest sprite or something well thanks to mythical may (laughs) the (laughs) drawing challenge we were doing on instagram i know what a will-o'-wisp is now (laughs) oh what is it like officially i knew like it was a fairy-ish thing but i didn't know oh so i was close yes so they are believed to be a type of fairy or ghost that you usually see over marshes and swamps. They are supposed to be an omen of something unattainable, like a goal just out of reach. But science also has some say into what they are. <laughs> uh, I just copied this sentence straight from Wikipedia because I don't want to mix up the words or try to interpret their fancy science speak into Amy-lish. So <laughs> this is what they have to say on the matter. Modern science explains the light aspect as natural phenomenon such as bioluminescence or chemiluminescence mm. caused by oxidation of phosphine, diphosphane, and methane produced by organic decay. Interesting. Yeah. So take that how you want. Go with science or folklore. Or maybe you can mix the two and think that it's like a scientific phenomenon attributed to the release of a spirit. (laughs) Everyone else (laughs) makes up their own interpretation of science. Why can't I? (laughs) I love, I think I'm just going to stick to the wispy willows. Or Willow-wisps. Willow-wisps. So anywho, there is a second version of the story. It's pretty much the same, but I think this is where the name of the orb is from. Why they call it Pegasus Ghost. Okay. So there's a couple walking through woods or a garden area behind Colonel C.C. Pegasus' home. When the glowing orb shows up and plays tag with them, same stuff. Now, at the time, spring of 1862, Colonel Pegas was still alive. So they explain the name by calling it a warning to any potential soldiers. Because just a few months after the first orb sighting, Colonel Pegas was fatally wounded in battle. There Mm -hmm. is... One other theory going around that the year cited was actually wrong and it was supposed to be 1863, so well after he had passed, making much more sense for this his spirit to be wandering his home. Mm-hmm. However, he didn't die in town and he wasn't even buried in town, so the estate must be super special for his spirit to travel all the way back there. <laughs> So, wait, he didn't live there? He lived there. He didn't die there because he was a colonel in the Civil War. So he, like, died in battle somewhere else. Maybe he just had happy memories. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe he thought that since it was going to be a ghost town again, he'd just go (laughs) hang out all quietly. He would be the ghost? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what you think when you die. (laughs) So now for the Reddit thing. I came across this video from Operation Insomnia called Cahaba, Alabama. A horror story. No sleep. Scary story. 
for some reason, I just skipped past all the story talk in the title and thought that they were going to tell of a visit they had to Kaaba. I got a good way in before I was like, mm, this doesn't really sound like a real experience. <laughs> <laughs> then I read the description and it said it was a reading from a story they had found on Reddit. I would love to read you the entire post, but it is so long. So I'm going to summarize how far I got into the video before my big realization. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hear it. Okay. I am going to post both links so that you can either listen to it or read it if you really want to. It is pretty good storytelling and it's super interesting idea. And I'll talk a little bit more about it in a minute. (laughs) So this is how it starts. So the guy starts out talking about how he likes to investigate abandoned and creepy buildings alone and how he has never really had a creepy experience. But then he says he doesn't use paranormal equipment because people just tend to hear what they want anyway. So Mm -hmm. solid start. I agree. Especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to ghost adventures, people, (laughs) they for sure hear what they want. (laughs) (laughs) We do say that all the time. So just throw back to all our other episodes. (laughs) So I keep listening to this guy. He says at midnight, he parks his car a ways away and follows a deer path back to the town. Instantly, I get a bit worried for this guy's safety. The OCAP clearly says the only time of year people are allowed in the park after dark is the haunting history. Mm -hmm. So this guy saying that he came back to the town at midnight got me on edge. It is Alabama. People shoot trust passengers without even batting an eye. (laughs) (laughs) He says his first stop is the first house he sees. When he gets inside the house, it's full of new furniture even though it's dilapidated and half fallen in. Mm. I'm like, okay, I can see it. They invite people, you know, to come investigate these places all the time, right? New furniture just so they have something to sit on. (laughs) (laughs) It's a ghost. It's a glimpse in the past. Maybe. I mean, it could be. Uh, He doesn't find anything of interest in the house, so he leaves. He does mention that when he comes out of the house, the trees seem less dense. And Mm. it seems like there's kind of more older ones. But he says that, like, maybe he just didn't notice. So, (laughs) oh my god, this part. So, (laughs) he continues walking around he comes to a house that looks newish and has all its lights on he thinks like i did earlier and uh is worried about getting shot if he's caught out there Mm -hmm. so he goes to knock on the door that would scare me more (laughs) well he wants to be like hey i'm here don't shoot me at past midnight yeah I'd be like, get the fuck off my property. Their lights are on. So, I don't know. But I'm still with him on this, right? (laughs) When he gets up to the door, he knocks, but the door flies open, like, as he puts pressure on it. Mm. He explains that away by sometimes in the middle of nowhere, people don't lock their doors, right? Right. Uh, Yeah. So he's like calling into the house and he's like, hello, hello. And nobody's responding to him. So then he decides, well, they must not be here. Maybe I'll run into him elsewhere or maybe I can just hide. And he turns around to leave. He gets like halfway down the stairs and he notices that beyond the porch, there is nothing but a black void. That's scary. (laughs) The woods were completely gone. He goes to the bottom step and puts his foot into the void and gets an electric shock. Ow. He says that like if the railing wasn't there, he would have like fallen to the ground and stuff. 
So he's like, oh, I'll go back up the to the porch and enter the house. <laughs> he walks to a window from inside the house and notices that the void is now all the way up to the door. Then he hears an old man ask what he is doing there. Mm. And then I decided to read the comments and the description. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds kind of... Um... It actually sounds like a uh, shit. Was it supernatural or was it the X Files? How am I mixing them? I don't know. Was Mulder there? Was he not? <laughs> I don't remember. I think it was supernatural, but there was an episode where this girl was dying. Yeah. No, it was X Files. It was a season when Mulder was not in it. Oh, even worse. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she was dying, but she was in the house, um, in the in the hospital. Mm-hmm. But um, everything was outside of like the building was just a black void, and I'm pretty sure she got electrocuted also, if she like touched it or whatever. But yeah. So you're saying he stole this story? I'm not. I'm not gonna go that <laughs> far, but I'm gonna say that the, it has a lot of similarities to that episode. Okay, so he stole it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because you didn't read the rest of it. No, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I did. I read almost all the way through, but then my ADHD kicked in, and I was like, I'm not writing all this, so why am I reading it? he did a very good job of tricking me into thinking i actually started a personal experience video uh and it was pretty strong until the void i mean yeah you wouldn't have put the void i would have totally believed it so (laughs) like i said i'll have the links posted in our notes you can finish the story if you'd like but before you do i want to point out the comments on the reddit post not the youtube okay so everybody is acting like it is something that really happened and the author has deleted his reddit account but he's commenting back to these people like yeah this this happened or this is crazy or whatever he's like going along with what they're saying with everything being real but hmm. since he deleted the account and this was like posted four years ago there wasn't like any reaching out or anything to validate anything or like be like, great hmm. story, bro. Uh, but like maybe he had taken some acid and went there and thought the woods disappeared. I don't maybe. know how acid works because I haven't taken it. But maybe that happens when you're on it. I don't know. That's strange. <laughs> it's so in the description of it it said it was a story or so the description on the youtube video was it said that it was taken from a post on a uh no sleep reddit okay thread thing so i bet you it's like a creepy pasta probably that's what i'm thinking okay (laughs) yeah but shame on them for tricking me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is what I have for you today. Uh, what do you think about all of it? Are you as disappointed as I am about no personal experiences? Because I'm really bummed about that. Yeah, it's always disappointing, I feel <laughs> like. But I feel like there definitely could be paranormal activity there since there is literally a Native American burial ground well there might be a burial ground there's definitely massacred land it doesn't say that they were buried there oh okay i see i thought they knew that there was like no no oh that was just i think that was just someone being a little racist in one of their posts (laughs) oh well what dickheads um (laughs) but there's still a lot of other death so yeah, I mean, I could definitely see energy being there. And Me too. 
there being paranormal activity. Why there is none documented? Maybe say it's super haunted, but okay, you gotta show me. Is that an NDA? Maybe you have to sign an NDA before you. That's what I'm saying. Go to the There's places thing. where there is conspiracies. <laughs> I don't know what conspiracy it is. But they don't want you to know. They probably just don't want you to say this was total bullshit. There was no haunting there. Probably. <laughs> well, so what are your thoughts as the listener? Have you ever been there? If you have, could you tell us? <laughs> Do you have any personal experiences I can read about the place? I'm just <clears throat> I'm not feeling fulfilled with this one. I need help. So, as always, send us your thoughts on this episode, but more importantly, send us your own stories. We would love to hear about that one time you rented an Airbnb and your dinner plate was thrown across the room by a spirit telling you to get out. (laughs) Or how about that one time you saw Bigfoot, but it actually turned out you were hiking around a nudist colony and it was just a hairy old man stomping around? That would be great. Um, send that to us at <laughs> this is legend pod at gmail.com or you can submit it on our website. This is legendpod.com. Um, also follow us on our social medias at Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, yeah. So keep it spooky, classy, and sassy. But most of all, keep it legendary. Goodbye. He's out.